Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Be alert, says Jesus. Keep awake. Keep awake to what? Why is Jesus telling us this Advent to keep awake? He doesn't think we are prone to sleeping, does he? In his 2005 commencement address called This is Water, the writer David Foster Wallace talked about the importance of paying attention. He begins this address with a comical little parable about two fish. There were these two fish who were swimming along in the ocean. When a wise old fish coming the other way swims by and shouts, Morning, boys, how's the water? The two young fish swim on for a bit, and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, What the heck is water? Wallace's speech is about the singular challenge raised by these two young fish. How do we as people gain the awareness, the attention to see and notice that most obvious and essential of things, the water in which we are immersed? How do we become people awake and alert, alive and attuned to the world? Well, Wallace doesn't talk much about Christianity in this address, at least not overtly, but he does say that this takes serious work and sustained practice because there is so much in our world that wants to carry us away from the present moment, be it social media or the news or even our own thoughts, regrets, daydreams, fantasies, old grudges. There was a phrase coined by one writer who said he had a monkey mind his mind would jump from one thing to the next like a monkey swinging tree to tree. And the practice of spirituality, of prayer, is to keep our minds and hearts anchored so that we can notice God's presence all around us. Because God's home address is the present moment. And we meet him when we pay attention to what is right there in front of us. And we have to keep doing this. We have to keep bringing ourselves back to the present detaching ourselves from that whole traffic jam of thoughts and worries and fears. We have to bring ourselves back over and over and over again and remind ourselves in Wallace's words, this is water, this is water. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to keep your mind engaged in the present? <clears throat> to do what Jesus says, to keep awake, to stay present where you are, you might notice your mind's wandering right now. <laughs> it's an odd fact here, but did you know the number one reason for emergency room visits in Manhattan on Sunday mornings? Bagel slicing accidents. People are busy, hurried, or just schmoozing with the family that they forget that they are slicing a bagel. Keep awake, says Jesus, and when you got a bagel to slice, just let your attention be on slicing your bagel. Our readings the past several weeks have been all about remaining awake, 
The ten bridesmaids keeping their lamps lit. The parable of the talents and being awake to fear. And the parable of the sheep and the goats where Jesus says to his followers, I was there, present in the faces of the poor and the imprisoned and the lonely and the depressed and the overworked and the tired. I was there. Did you notice me? Be alert, says Jesus. He says at the beginning of the passage, in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. One of the reasons it's so hard to remain awake is that there are a lot of scary things happening. The sun turns dark. The moon's light is no more. Stars are raining down. It's chaos. It's apocalyptic. Reality is acting like it's drunk. Sometimes remaining awake, taking the time to see what is right there in front of you, can be very unsettling. But notice what the text says. When you're awake, when your eyes are open, you're bound to see Jesus. If you keep your eyes open after the sun darkens and the sky is done falling, if you keep your eyes open, you'll see Jesus. I have a friend um, who is one of those people who's been called by God um, into the life of political activism. She's more than a political junkie. She's someone who constantly, earnestly tries to impact the American political process in a godly way. This has been the toughest couple of years of my life, she confessed to me the other day. I think American politics has sunk to a low ebb. There's a meanness and a selfishness abroad in our political life that makes me ashamed, she said. I tried to offer her some comfort, but I didn't have much to give because I shared a lot of her sentiments. But I asked her, trying to cheer her up, well, how has your vibrant Christian faith helped you in this difficult time? She thought for a moment and then she said, well, in a way, my Christian faith has made this moment even more difficult. What? When you're a Christian, she explained, you're always asking yourself at any given moment, I wonder if God is in any of this. I wonder what God is up to. I just try and keep my eyes open, she says, because I am determined to find God in the midst of the rubble. God in the midst of the rubble. Not a bad way to think about Christmas, about the Christ child being born in our midst. And it happens in the strangest and most unexpected of places. You just need to be awake. Be alert. The monkey mind calmed. I was in a mall a few years ago on Black Friday. I remember in this mall, right off from the main food court, was a huge grand piano that had an odd sign on it. It said, please play me. Of course, no one had any time to play the piano. It was Black Friday. But I remember staring at this thing, marveling at its grandeur, when out of the corner of my eye, a guy in a flat bill hat stepped out of the footlocker and started strolling for the grand piano. This was not the guy you would have expected to take the bench. Toothpick in his mouth, his pants were sagging down, his arms were holding a lot of bags, and he just quietly strolled up and began to play. He played this glorious tune, full of soul and depth. Now, I couldn't tell you if it was